Welcome, investigator. Evil is on the rise. Crime is escalating. Our mission is to eliminate the crime by exposing evil, examine why it manifests, and highlight the brave souls that confront it every day. Join us as we work together to bring justice to every victim. Welcome to All Things Crime. Here's your host, Jared Bradley. Hey, everybody. It's Jared. Welcome to another episode of All Things Crime. Man, can't tell you how much we appreciate all of you that are watching on YouTube or Rumble or uh, listening to us on a podcast, whatever platform you prefer. We appreciate you. Hope that uh, you've subscribed and please share this message because we've got a fantastic guest today. His name is Brad Schleppi and I pronounced that right, right? Brad? Yes, sir. Brad Schleppi. Oh. Yeah. Okay, man. I, I, I uh, was shooting from the hip on that one, but Brad <laughs> Schleppi, awesome guy. And he works for a company called Season of Justice. And we're going to get into the details of that. But Season of Justice is one of those that it's kind of on the outside helping fund the inside. And mm -hmm. it's so critical. Uh, it's like, you know, 501c3 companies, you know, the, the latest interviews with Paul Hutchinson from Sound of Freedom. You know, he um, has these different different organizations that he belongs to. And he's, you know, out helping, um, you know, catch bad guys and child traffickers. Well, Brad is kind of uh, in, in, I mean, Brad's not going undercover, but he's, he's one of the faces of season of justice and overall great guy. And he, he's from Indiana. So what can go wrong? Right? Absolutely. Yeah. Are you, you're a Hoosier guy, right? I am a, a uh, born Hoosier and a graduate as well. So, Oh man, there you go. Yep. Just full, full on there. Yeah. Full okay. throttle. Yep. <laughs> right on. Well, listen, Brad, welcome to the show and thank you. Appreciate you coming on. So first of all, tell, give us a little background on you mm -hmm. and how you came to be with season of justice and then definitely go into kind of what season of justice is, what their goal is. I mean, you can go to their website and, um, man, I thought I saw something and it was just awesome that you guys have funded over a million dollars worth of mm -hmm. testing and, and different, I, I, you know, funding for, you know, whatever the, the police agency needs. So yeah. yeah. Rock on with us that. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. No, Jared, I appreciate it. Appreciate the opportunity to be here. Obviously Brad Schleppi, I'm with season of justice. I'm the executive director here. I've been with season of justice for just a little less than a year. Now I come to this position with season of justice with more than 20, 22 years of nonprofit management experience under my belt, uh, with a degree in criminal justice and sociology from Indiana University that we've we just talked about, um, as well as um, extensive studies in um, and at the Lilly School of Philanthropy here in Indianapolis. Season of Justice, uh, Jared, you know, as you know, but for your listeners, was founded just a little more than three years ago with with the specific intent to help bridge the funding gap faced by so many law enforcement um, agencies that are out there, investigative agencies that are out there to help them access cutting edge forensic science. You know, um, one of the things that, that a lot of us know and that Season of Justice is here to do is to really work, come alongside those investigative agencies and work with them specifically to help them not only access, but ensure that they are you know, pairing good forensic science, cutting edge forensic science, you know, with the needs that they have when investigating and continuing to investigate 
cold cases. You know, so many of our cases are 25, 35, 50 years old, you know, and the technology that was available in 1971 is a lot different than the technology that's available in, in 2022. And because of a lot of really good efforts by investigators and crime scene technicians, there's evidence that's, that's been stored away for a very, very long time that can now be taken out of cold storage, for a lack of a better term, you know, and tested. And Season of Justice is not only helping to fund that, but we're, you know, seeing the results of that cutting edge forensic science in the number of solves that we see all across the country. We, we fund um, investigative agencies, you know, coast to coast in all 50 states. Uh, we've even focused some funding up in Canada as well to help them with some stuff. And so, um, like I said, we've been here, we've been around as a 501c3 organization for a little more than three years. We are honored to have grant funded more than a million dollars to more than 150 cases to date. And um, our intention, our expectation, um, the expectation of our funders um, is that we continue to grow those numbers. Oh, that's, that's just amazing. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you, folks, right off the top, if you want to help, and I know there's so many of us out there that when we hear about these different cases, you know, especially the cold cases, you know, kids being murdered, whatever. And then there's a specific case that uh, I know Brad is going to be talking to us about. But when we hear these, these stories, number one, we're all horrified about it. And number two, I think the first thing is we want to, what can we do to help? And I, I'll tell you right now, one of the best ways you can help is go to Season of Justice. Their website uh, is a Season of Justice dot org it is is. seasonofjustice.org yeah absolutely seasonofjustice.org go there contribute do you know do what you can spread the message Mm -hmm. you know share this podcast and Mm -hmm. i think the more this word gets out and when they hear about the fantastic work that you guys are doing helping especially the agencies that can't afford it you know say you're out in the in the woods somewhere you know i shouldn't say the woods but you know even the suburbs a lot of the yeah. smaller jurisdictions that are in the suburbs of, of big cities mm-hmm. may not have the type of funding that the, the bigger cities do, but you, right. you still have a lot of that bleed over. This is one of the problems that's really starting to happen a lot in the United States. You'll take a big, a big city, Indianapolis is a good example, and then you have all of these smaller uh, counties and cities that are maybe, you know, 30, 40, 50, 60 miles out. Mm-hmm. But even that far, a lot of the gang violence and things like that are is, is starting to spill over into those. And there's agencies that are really putting up a fight and they're, they're working really hard, but a lot of them are undermanned. A lot of them yes. um, can't afford the equipment. I mean, mm-hmm. they're doing everything they can just to, just to fill the ranks, uh, you know, Absolutely. with the police, police uh, forces. And not having the, the, like you said, the latest and greatest in technology mm-hmm. and whether that be, you know, ballistics or anything else. But I mean, for me, right. obviously dear and here, near and dear to my heart is DNA. So, right. Right. Um, and specifically MVAC testing, but, uh, right. just no. you know what, I, I, I know you guys, you, the, the, I think personally, the best thing about you guys is that you, you can go to agencies or agencies will come to you. And they'll tell you what they need. Mm-hmm. 
It, exactly. Exactly. That's one of the, the principles of our grant making process is that the investigative agency comes to us, you know, specifically, you know, with that completed grant application after talking with a lab specifically about the needs of their case, the needs that the investigators have with respect to where they think the advanced technology from today could help them move this case forward. And as an organization, Season of Justice, we're not interested in getting in the middle of that at all. That relationship is between the investigator and the lab. Season of Justice is really here to be that financial bridge, you know, between access to that cutting edge, you know, technology. And if I may, underfunded, you know, law enforcement, we know that they're not overfunded by any stretch of the imagination. And we know that cold cases aren't, don't always, cold case investigation does not always get, you know, first priority in terms of, you know, funding. And so that's really where that's the the niche that season of justice is here. That's why we were, why we were funded, or not, pardon me, why we were founded um, was to help those types of situations, ultimately helping families find resolution. That's a piece we haven't spoken about yet. I know we will. Um, but yes, we, we support law enforcement. Uh, we help fund law enforcement, but ultimately we're looking to find resolution for families. You know, we, we know that we, we can't always bring closure through solves or through DNA science, but we can help find resolution. Yeah. Um, and there are way too many families out there that just don't have any answers. And, and we're looking and our donors help us provide that resolution every day. Oh, I, I spot on. I, I've had numerous investigators, people that have been doing this for 20 years, and they say, you know, of all the victims, families, and if it's a homicide victim, obviously it is, it's only the family, mm-hmm. but many of them never actually get closure. Right. And right. I, there's, you know, cold cases especially are kind of cutting, it's kind of a two-edged, double-edged sword, especially the, they get 15, 20, 40 years old. You know, most yeah. of these family members have completely mm-hmm. moved on with their lives. There's one particular case down in the Houston area. I'll just mm-hmm. bring this up really quick, and then you can talk a little bit about how Season of Justice was founded. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that'd be really interesting. But this this case, um, uh, I want to say 39 years old. No, no, no. Mm-hmm. Four, I'm sorry, 43. I was, I'm okay. inflating all these cold cases that we've been working on over the years, but this particular case was a 12-year-old girl that was raped and murdered uh, in 40, well, 43 years ago. And when, they, when the, the county sheriff's department was finally able to solve that case, they had to, all the family had moved away, mm-hmm. uh, moved on with their lives. And two of the brothers, one they couldn't even get a hold of, and the second mm-hmm. one, when they did get a hold of them, they are just like, why are you calling me? They're like, you know what? We, we have moved on. We've forgiven whoever did it. There's nothing we can do to change it. And just carrying that burden, you know, it, it almost destroyed the entire family. Mm-hmm. Uh, and un- understandably so. And they're like, uh, you know, frankly, great. You solved the case finally <laughs> 43 years later. And, you know, but I, I think, I think most of society understands that, 40 years ago, the, the technology that we have, the advancements that we have in forensic science, especially uh, with mm-hmm. all kinds of evidence, it doesn't matter if it's ballistics or DNA or fingerprinting, crime scene documentation, you know, the, the different technologies like Pharaoh and things like that that can, 
you know, spin around and it'll give you a 360 oh, yeah. degree look at mm -hmm. the entire crime scene. It's just unbelievable. Right. Well, I, I personally tell investigators, especially just with the, the, the improvements in the lab technologies, that if you haven't tested, like DN, done DNA testing in the, in the last like five years, mm -hmm. you should do it again. Because yeah. the sensitivity of the of the testing is so much better, and then you add on technologies like MVAC system and stuff like that, then right. man, it's just it's just game changers. So yeah, it's incredible. I mean, the the labs that we work with every every day will tell say the same thing, Jared. They say if you haven't done it in five years, it might be time to do it again. And one of the things that we love about our vendor partners is that they know they know when to stop. They know what they can do and they know what they can't do, you know? And when you're dealing with cold cases, there's only so much evidence that's left. There's only so much, you know, DNA that's left or, um, you know, that, that they, they, you don't want to eliminate all of it because technology 10 years from now might be able to do something. And so one of the things that we're always mindful of is that, you know, is, is, a, a, um, is a DNA test going to consume all the DNA? You know, and working with, you know, these the, all the different labs we work with, um, that's always top of mind. And it's not unusual for them to say it's it's not a good time to do this test. Wait two years and then come back and, and see us, you know, and, and, and we're thrilled to hear that, you know, because we don't want to consume all that evidence because we do want to leave that chance for a couple of years down the road. You know, for instance, that way we could find, you know, hopefully get a solve, find that resolution for that family down the road. Yeah. Well, it's interesting for those of you that don't know, when you when you're talking specifically about DNA, there's three major stages that this DNA needs to go through. One the first one is the collection. Mm -hmm. And I mean specifically with the MVAC, you know, ev even with if somebody had swabbed it, say, you know, even a couple of years ago, yeah. a lot of times agencies can go back over that evidence and mm -hmm. use the MVAC and still collect plenty of DNA. And the second step is the enrichment and, well, the lab processes it, let's say that. So lab processing is the second one. And then the, I'll think about it when I stop thinking about it. It's that gap between the thoughts that, uh, <laughs> you've just been a little busy as of late. So yeah. Like, you know, <laughs> my brain's a little scattered. I just rolled in last night at 10 o'clock for, from mm -hmm. the conference and yeah. And then, you know, we, we, we also got word that the MVAC helped solve the cold case from mm -hmm. way back where the only thing they had from, from this Jane Doe was these uh, molds, like from a dentist's mm -hmm. office, you know, way long time ago when they, they, they used to not be able to take pictures. They had had actually have a, that right. plaster cast that they put in your mouth. Yeah. It's, yeah. Oh, it's horrible. <laughs> it's like they would stuff that, that huge, um, almost like a mouth guard, you know, that you would yeah. see and, and it was it wasn't formed to your teeth and your mouth, and so it always cut your gums and everything. But it was stacked <laughs> full of that that nasty plaster stuff, and they would stick it in there, and then you had to bite down and hold it in there for what seemed like three hours oh, and forever. And it, yeah, it like you know trying to get it off, and it like it stick to your oh. teeth. Anyway, had had one of those, and they yeah. used the the MVAC on it, and they got this lady's DNA from that to it to help that's identify awesome. her but that's the only thing they had is yeah yeah <laughs> little sidetrack there but yeah crazy crazy what they can do with um, dna nowadays but it's it's uh, pretty incredible and it's growing it's changing every day i mean oh yeah I, 
yeah. I mean, I, you've been around it a lot more, a lot longer than I have, you know, but I, I'm drinking from a fire hose, you know, and I, and I know there's times when you probably feel the same way is yeah. that technology is advancing so much. I mean, I was, you, you, you mentioned MVAC a couple seconds ago. I mean, our number, number four for season of justice, our fourth solve, um, Rita Coran out of Burlington, Vermont was, was an MVAC case. We specifically funded MVAC for the police department and they used the MVAC on a house coat and compared that to DNA that they had on us from a cigarette butt that was near the victim. And that's how they did. They made the comparison to make the arrest and the confirmation and all that stuff. So, and that yeah. was from 1971, you know? Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a really cool case. And I, I actually saw the, um, the press conference that the, mm-hmm. Burlington PD did on that one. And it's, <laughs> you know, I, I, I love reporters. These guys, they, um, there's, there's nobody that can screw up a story worse than a reporter. And for example, no, I, I mean, it, it's cool that they can get DNA off a of cigarette butt. And, and it's also cool that so many bad guys smoke because they're always leaving their DNA everywhere. It makes, yeah. Yeah. And, yeah the, it makes ones, it easy. It makes the ones it that really don't get it. I've, I've read of like burglars, they'll break into a house and mm-hmm. after, after looting the house of whatever they were going to get, they'd right. open up the refrigerator and take a Coke and a piece of pizza out yeah. and, you know, drink part of the Coke and, right. um, you know, and then take a couple bites of pizza and then just leave it on the counter and yep. the police come in. <laughs> like, hey, our oh, job's done. It's right yeah. there. <laughs> look, at, look at this genius left us, man. Thanks for joining us. Your attention today brings us one step closer to exposing and eliminating the evil that brings crime to our communities. Hit subscribe and share this episode. Together, we will bring justice to every victim.